It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your good podcasts from. Yes, it is a Sunday morning, the 13th day for November, halfway through our weekend around Australia. And coming up, we've got the Sunday Rewind, where we look back over the last seven days of interviews. It's been another busy week, including we are talking with Ashley McKee and Natalie Fagan from Bell Property about selling a block house and how they became involved in the show. We also talk about the the drama on Auction Day, which took place now seven days ago. And we're also talking with Tim McGibbon, the chief executive from the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales about the residential rental market. And the question here is, is the government getting too involved, which is spooking investors? And stress, it is a killer and the high stakes of real estate isn't to be taken lightly when stress is involved. We talked to Dr Fiona Fu about getting your heart checked up on before Christmas. You have still got time to do this and we were only talking yesterday about Joanne who emailed in to tell us that she'd been trying to get her 55-year-old husband to get a heart check over and happened to listen to the podcast and he's booked in for next week so that's good news so learn something about your heart today and we also talk more about the block and maybe a suggestion on how they should run the block for next year with some ideas from Fabian Sinelli and we also go into a bat cave with Rich Harvey in a house that is now selling in Melbourne. That is all coming up on your Sunday Morning Rewind next. We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts and what's trending every morning from 6.30. And if you're celebrating your birthday for today, November the 13th, uh, you are celebrating your birthday with Whoopi Goldberg. She's turning 66. Jimmy Kimmel, he is turning 54. Gerard Butler, the actor, is turning 52. And it was on this day back in 2015, those terrorist attacks in Paris took place, a series of coordinated terrorist attacks that killed about 130 people. Lightening up the tone a little bit, it was on this day back in 2020, Kylie Minogue became the first woman to top the UK album chart over five consecutive decades with Disco, my favourite song, or maybe not. It's the Main Centre Forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. And let's have a look at your Sunday weather this morning. First, we go to Sydney, where you can expect some wet stuff, some showers and a possible storm, expecting a high of 28 degrees. In Melbourne today, expecting 27, also a possible storm with showers. And in Brisbane, that is the place to be, mostly sunny blue skies with 20 
29 degrees and in Perth today partly cloudy and dry and your temperature 24 degrees. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. It is a TV reality show so it's got this built-in eyeball factor but that is not a guarantee that people in that $4 million price range is going to be watching this show. Is that a fair comment to make? Yeah, absolutely. Look, what we found actually was that the majority of people that inquired actually said that they don't watch the show or they might have seen something on social media and that sort of inspired them to give us a phone call. And obviously then that led into, you know, qualifying buyers and taking them out there if they were truly interested. A lot of those buyers don't want to be on television. So the buyers that we did have coming through said that they were obviously looking to employ some of the buyers advocates. It's interesting because you create these relationships but then they just sort of a little bit more hesitant about reaching out, I think, to be honest. And how important do you think it is the position of the auction itself? Because if you look at house number one that won the competition, it was in number one position and number two, which was you guys and you sold, was number two. Yeah, look, there's always a strategy around an auction, obviously, and especially when it comes to the block, when you've got five similar yet unique properties being marketed on, you know, literally one after the other. So there is a certain amount of strategy there, but also what we found this year that the buyer pool was much, much smaller than what it has been on previous block seasons. And our auctioneer that we use, David Wood, obviously has done the block 12 times. So nobody knew that better than he did. Really, when you've got a very large regional property it's quite a different buyer pool and then obviously the market has shifted but you know what happened at at house five was amazing and obviously you know you just need two people to fall in love with it but it was interesting because obviously Danny Wallace ended up purchasing house five then purchased ours and then also purchased house two so out of the three houses that sold he purchased all three which was just amazing. Well, yeah, it it was amazing. And if you take Danny out of the equation, things become a little bit more tricky. So you really do need a few more of those Danny Wallaces in the room. Look, it wouldn't hurt, I'm not going to lie, but really it's, I think it's about finding, you know, the buyers that could fall in love with it. And what we did find is that, you know, people that did fall in love with it, who wanted to purchase it, the banks, and we're hearing this across the board, are really getting slammed at the moment with people trying to lock in loans at the lower interest rate. So it's taking a lot longer. Yeah, so another thing that I found interesting was Danny Wallace, he got into a bit of a two-way with the younger bidder and then he asked him, are you sure you've got the money? And that drove the price up hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes, yes, it did. Yes, it was uh, definitely entertaining and is exactly what you look for on a reality show like The Block. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. The residential rental market, the government is getting, uh, probably fair to say, quite involved to protect tenants. Uh, More landlords are, I think right now, selling, more are selling than buying. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I think we're, uh, I hate this expression, but I, I can't think of a better one, but I think we're in a position of the perfect storm from the tenant's point of view. So what's uh, what's happening now is the there is an uh, an increase in demand for uh, for property. Now we we saw the biggest amount of folks coming in for immigration. I forget the figure, but it was uh, it was well over a hundred thousand people. So we've seen all of that pent up. Uh, immigration came through as, as a block and, and the majority of those people obviously are looking for a rental property. Um, we, we now see government um, and, I, and that is somewhat misguided, I think, because they're, they're looking at the rental market and they're saying, look, tenants are getting such a, a tough time with rents increasing, so what we'll do is we'll go in and freeze rents and tenants want to have pets, so yes, you can have a pet. Landlords may want to recapture the, uh, their property for a variety of reasons. So the government said, no, no, you can't do that. We're going to take away your right to be able to do to recapture. And on one side of the fence, they're looking at it and saying, hey, this is really good for tenants. We're protecting them. And that obviously is a, is a goal of government, and, and we support that. Tenants do need security of tenure in their um, in their home, and let's underline that word, it's their home. However, every time uh, government does these sorts of things, they're driving investment away from the rent, residential rental market. And the big loser when they do that are tenants. There are more people, investors, and let's underline that word, investors, selling um, and taking their money and putting it into other areas. As I said, the big loser when the investors do that are tenants. There's going to be less and less stock and more and more demand. And we know what happens to prices in a market when that happens. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. One of the big talking points with homes is the office and working from home, which has evolved and spectacularly gone mental during the pandemic, which means that a lot of us are sitting on our backsides for longer periods of time. And I think it can be argued working from home, being self-employed especially, you might be sitting there longer than what you should be. Is, is that a bit of an issue that people should really think about? That is a big issue. So yeah, so prolonged sitting does increase your risk of cardiovascular disease. And even if you do your like your 30 minute exercise a day, you're still at increased risk if you've been sitting down for a long periods of time. So, you know, every 30 minutes you should be getting up, moving your legs around because definitely lots of data to show if you have a sedentary job, prolonged sitting increases your risk of cardiovascular disease, even if you exercise, you know, your half an hour at other times as well. Right. So that's some very good advice. So you've heard it from the cardiovascular expert and she is saying that you've got to get up and move out of that seat. And also while I've got you there, there are very accurate cardiovascular screening tests that are available free to us that can detect early disease with preventative management. So just talk a little bit to that because I think a lot of people think that, you know, these tests are are difficult, etc. Yeah. So, I mean, I think everyone should have at some stage, like what we call a bit of a heart health check with their GP. So the main thing is looking at their risk factors. So checking their blood pressure, cholesterol and sugar levels with their GP, you know, because you don't, you can't feel high cholesterol, you can't feel high sugars, you can't feel high blood pressure. So that's the first thing I would do. The second thing I would do, and in males kind of around 40, more than 40, 45 and females probably after menopause, maybe 50, 55, 
we can do something called a coronary calcium score. Now, this is a plaque score to show whether you have any plaque or atheroma, hardened atheroma in your heart arteries. And if you do have some atheroma, um, if you have an elevated plaque score, the more plaque you have, the increased risk you can have a heart attack. Like heart attacks form on plaque. So this is a very good kind of almost like a screening test in the sense that it will show whether you have plaque in your arteries and that will increase your, your future risk of a heart attack. If you have a lot of plaque, that increases your risk. If you have no plaque at all in your arteries right now, that's great. That means your risk of having a heart attack in the next kind of five, 10 years is very low. It's not negligible because you can still have what we call soft plaque and you can still develop plaque in your arteries, but that is reassuring. But what's more important is that if you do have plaque in your arteries, you can't get rid of some of that hardened calcified plaque. And so you need to be more aggressive with all your risk factors. Yeah, thanks for sort of highlighting that. And just finally, the reversal of cardiovascular disease. You would have seen numerous patients stabilise and often reverse the disease, which takes a fair amount of discipline, I know, by people to just change their lifestyle, right? Yeah, so with um, with atheroma, a plaque in your arteries, you can reverse it to some extent. So you can get your risk factors down by lifestyle changes, you know, diet and exercise. In terms of reversing, we know there are some studies that show you can reduce some of the plaque that you have by getting your LDL down really low. So your LDL is a bad cholesterol. So if you get your LDL down to really low levels, there is some what we call plaque regression in your heart arteries. But in general, like, you know, we kind of say if you've got plaque there, you just got to get your risk factors under such good control to reduce your risk of getting more because the more plaque you have, that increases your risk of further heart attacks and heart disease. It's your Real Estate Weekend podcast in review. The contestants are not the ones setting the reserve. They have no control over that, which ultimately dictates the starting point of profits to be made by the contestants. So what do you think about that, Fabian? Yeah, good good one, Craig. And it's an interesting topic. It's also a bit controversial, I think. I just think the auctions needed to be treated traditionally. And I think the contestants also need to be treated as, as if they're the sellers of the property and liaising with their agent about a strategic reserve for the auction, just as you would with a normal auction. And I think a lot of the auctioneers, unfortunately, were, were sort of, you know, made out to look a little bit silly with the way the, you know, the results panned out with most of the auctions, given the fact that the reserves were set so high. And the problem there is they were blown out reserves, you know, a lot of the money had to be recouped back from building and material costs, which as we know, have been astronomical over the last 12 months. That unfortunately didn't help with the results. So I just think they've got to treat them as a traditional auction. Uh, And also if we combat that as well, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have the contestants potentially winning maybe some more prize money during the course of their tenure on the block before auction day. So there's not so much pressure added. It's a weekend of real estate. Which is a Brighton mansion boasting a Batman-style lift that, yes, takes you and your car into an underground car park. The property has a listing range of between 7.5 and 8.5 million. You drive onto a platform and via a remote controller takes you down, down, down into the bowels of your very own basement. Holy Batman, Rich. People love it seems a bit of a bat cave. 
Oh, strike me down, Robin. What's going on with this cave, hey? <laughs> Look, I think it's an amazing house. It sounds to me amazing. I haven't seen it, but what I can see from the photos, it looks like it's a car stacker. So you drive in, you've got great security. It would just have an amazing wow factor for this kind of property. So you often find on these really top-end luxury premium properties that there are some really quirky and unique features, and they really do help to sell the property. I've seen some incredible C-bus systems where you press a button, all the blinds go up or down. But to have a Batman cave, I mean, that's next level. I mean, people need these days, people often have, especially wealthy people, often have three or four cars. And, you know, if they want guests coming over, it's just a great way to get them off the street and, uh, and protect your car asset. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.